and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. So, hello, folks, and welcome to another episode from the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales forward. Here I am yet again in the Sales Chat Show studio with my esteemed colleagues, Mr. Graham Jones and Mr. Phil Jessen. This, and look, Phil is toasting us with his mug of tea fantastic stylistic as ever stylistic stylish as ever uh, this episode folks is called are you making this fatal selling error that stops people from spending their money with you now this was stimulated by the content of Graham's newsletter, which wings its way into my email inbox every single Saturday morning without fail, because Graham, you've been uh, working with a client on um, the, the, the concept, or it's related to the concept of sort of choice paralysis. Could you enlighten us on that? Topic? Yeah, I've been, I've been working with Sky and they're, product sky q and uh, we've been looking at uh how people make their mind up to what to watch on tv and as you probably have experienced that you look at uh, all the choices available and you spend half an hour going through everything and then saying well there's nothing on well <laughs> of course there's something on yeah you've got hundreds of channels to choose from and that's the problem so one of the things that the sky q remote has is a voice activated uh, command where you can just press the voice button and say what shall I watch and what it does is it looks at your um, past history your favorites all those kind of things and then recommends things across the whole of the sky range so not just sky but Netflix and Amazon Prime and the BBC and so on so it brings it all together in one place so that's a really handy way of limiting your choice and when people have too much to choose they end up with something called choice paralysis we see it on websites all the time you go shopping on any well-known shopping website and you're not quite sure what you want so you type in one or two words and you're faced with you know 47 pages of options that all look pretty much the same and you start scrolling through and then you give up and go and do the garden because you can't think of what to do with your shopping. So when we end up in choice paralysis, we don't make a decision. Our brain says, I can't make a decision. So it would be too risky to make the wrong decision. So therefore, the best thing to do is to not make a decision at all. And so for salespeople, that's a problem. If you've got lots of choice, or if you're giving your clients lots of options, they are not going to make a decision. They're going to say to you, leave it with me. Thanks very much. I'll consider it. And then they never do. I would just like to point out that this episode is not in any way being sponsored by Sky uh, in any way at all. <laughs> I can ask them if they want to. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> feel, feel free if they'd like to retrospectively sponsor yeah. us. For the, I'm interested for the in the I'm interested in the football package, actually, Graham. Next time you work with them. 
<laughs> Next time I speak with them, I'll, I'll let them know. So the, the application for our listeners is we've got to be really careful that we don't make proposals, choices, solutions that we're offering to our customers too complicated and or give people too many options to choose from. So we're actually trying to limit the options, limit the choices to facilitate the customer decision-making. Is that, that's the kind of, that's yeah. the kind of key principle. So if you think about buying a, a new car, uh, the variety of models available is usually quite extensive. Yeah. So, you know, you can get different size engines and even different size wheels. You can get, you know, tinted windows, non-tinted windows, leather seats, non-leather seats, this fabric, that fabric, this color, that color. When you add up all the options, there are literally hundreds of options available. So a good car salesperson will focus your attention on three or thereabouts, things that they think are more likely to be um, things that you would decide upon. And what they will do is they will generally give you something that's way outside your option, yeah. that's too expensive for you, but that's the kind of aspirational model. They will give you something that's fairly basic and doesn't really provide you with what you want, uh, but is at a, a reasonable price for you. And then they'll give you something in the middle and they'll tell you that, you know, this has got all those kind of features that you asked about uh, or mentioned that were relevant to you. And that will be in the middle price range. And then, of course, they'll try and upsell you on any added options uh, at that point. But they will try and break it down into those three kind of broad categories. And when we've got those three categories, it's much easier for us to make a decision. Yeah, and threes, I remember you, you've mentioned this on a previous episode of the Sales Chat Show, and there are, gosh, 180 episodes in the back catalogue, folks, so there's, there's plenty to... Too there's many plenty, to choose from. Too many too many to choose from, so we'll point some ones out for you. Um, and, and you've mentioned three is kind of the magic number, isn't it, for helping yeah. people to make to make decisions. So that, that will be a strong recommendation for folks. I, th I think also, if you think of that, model that I think we've talked about before that is a series of uh, P words, um, position, problem, possibilities, proposal, and mm. payback. Uh, imagine that that is a face-to-face -face meeting or it might be a presentation, but position is all about the background. Uh, the problem is a simple definition of what is currently not right. Um, and I think possibilities, uh, as Graham has said, I think it is worth presenting possibilities when you might be talking to five or six people, most of whom you haven't actually met. And although the one person that you've met might be very strongly in favour of plan A, you don't quite know how politics and other needs are going to play out in the room. So sometimes I think it is a good idea to say, well, there are three possibilities that will address the problem that you've got, A, B, and C, and I'll talk about the pros and cons of each one. And then we, maybe we need to just have a little chat about it uh, to see how it's going to work for you. It's no different, is it, from me getting a, a landscape gardener around uh, and showing him my back garden. Um, and of course, you know, an hour later, he might say, well, there's a couple of possibilities here. I can either do it in slabs or I can do it in decking. Uh, 
because he doesn't know what my attitude is to each one. He doesn't know what my budget possibilities are for each one. So he can do both and he will quite rightly let me choose. Um, and I think the other thing that just occurs to me as Graham started talking, I don't know whether you remember that company years ago called Scots of Stowe. Remember that? They're still around. Yes. Still around. Yeah. Uh, well, they, they, they often appeared 20 years ago as a one page back of a magazine. This is our coffee percolator. Take it or leave it. That was the, uh, the message that we really screened from the page. Uh, and two weeks later, there would be a, uh, this is our slow cooker, um, take it or leave it, again, being the key message. Uh, and it was very, very effective. It simply gave people absolutely nothing to think about. There it was. It was the product. Um, and as they expanded as a business and started to add product and then end up inevitably with a, a catalogue, um, sales per units that they had previously featured uh, went down quite dramatically because, again, coming back to Graham's point, they'd just given people a bewildering choice rather than a very simple proposition that they first started with. I mean, I use the incredibly catchy phrase, if you confuse them, you're going to lose them, when I mention this to salespeople, so just as a way of... Uh, you know, giving giving people like a little mantra to to remember, and I I, I just remember I'm a <clears throat> as as I think you are guys as well passionate advocates of always conducting sort of win loss reviews with customers to find out what they say is the reason you won or lost, and I remember you know a number of years ago two 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 proposals going into two two different large organizations one we got deselected one we one we won and when i did the loss review with the one that we'd been deselected i i remember the words they're seared into my mind um <laughs> your proposal was complicated and looked over engineered it was quite difficult for us to understand what we were getting so therefore it made it pretty easy for us to deselect you I was like, wow. And then we, we had both proposals in the office side by side and looked at them with that frame in mind. And we went, right, that's really cluttered and confused. This one is really clear and straightforward. Guess which one we go with going forward. Yeah. But it was a tough lesson. But boy, oh boy, was it a useful lesson to learn. Yeah. And that was, that was literally what the customer <laughs> said. And, and just... I think you, you know, you sort of just go in the too difficult category, don't you? Right. And okay, they would deselect you, you know, because yeah. we've got another two and just, it's as simple as possible. Obviously I realize we'll have people who are selling quite complex solutions, but there's your challenge. You know, you've got to make yeah. the complexity simple and straightforward for your customers. You yeah. Know? I've been, I've been reviewing some websites for a client and uh, the, the comparison that, that I was looking at was, yeah, an American company which makes car parks for you know anybody who needs a car park, basically office building or you know local authority, whoever needs the car park, and they um, uh, their website is really straightforward, and they they it's a substance they lay down. Yeah, so and their website says we build car parks for, and then it just there's a kind of scrolling list of you know hospitals universities schools you know any all the kind of people who might uh, have the 
car park and it shows a video in the background of the car park being built. So as soon as you land on the page, you know exactly what they do and who they do it for. You're not confused. Okay? If you don't want a car park built in the way that you can see it being built, you know immediately this website is not for you. Whereas there's a competing website, which gives us all kinds of theory about asphalt and stuff and the company history. And I've no idea what the business does. Right. Yeah, they build car parks. Yeah. So it's very confusing. And so it, you know, they probably think it's a beautiful website. And from a design perspective, it's beautiful. But from a user perspective, you're completely confused as to what do they do and what am I meant to do as the viewer of the website so i think as well if we take that that rule of threes that we mentioned around giving people three choices also probably in our value propositions we need to really major down on you know a limited number of our key differentiators our key benefit our key value drivers and keep it keep it at least contained you know you can obviously have more but you want to major on the ones that are most important because exactly, yeah. I guess, to Phil's point, the decisions to go ahead with you will sometimes be made in a meeting where you're not present because yeah. the decision-making group will gather and will somebody, I'll be, I don't know, chairing and I'm Graham, who do you think we should go with and why? Phil, who do you think we should go with? Yeah. And you want to make sure that you're reasons why we should choose you are yeah. very very easy for the client to remember for yeah. the key stakeholders to remember I, so I ran, less, ran a training sorry to interrupt. i ran a training program years ago for a client where i brought in in the afternoon um three of their buyers mm. to talk uh, in what you might call the graveyard shift of the day that sort of after lunch slot um, and uh, I simply invited the, the three buyers to talk to the assembled gathering on what they liked and didn't like in the way that um, the, the, their company was actually uh, approaching them. And one of the themes that was common to all three of these buyers uh, was, quote, please don't make us have to think about it. Ooh. Um, and I love that because, of course, they're busy people and they expect the salesperson to have some expertise and to get to the point fairly quickly and come up with those one, two or three possibilities that allows them to uh, crack on and get the solution uh, done. But that's a lovely one-liner, isn't it, from, uh, from the buying community. Please don't make me have to think about it. Yeah, there's a... a a classic uh, web design book uh, that's yes. called something like don't make your visitors think or something it's about yeah. 20 years old but you know it's a fairly standard you know if you're in graphic design or that kind of world you will probably have that on your reading list you know just don't make people think when you visit their website and i it, i think there's another good example here and that's heinz tomato ketchup so there are quite a lot of different kinds of Heinz tomato ketchup. You know, there's Heinz tomato ketchup with reduced sugar. There's Heinz tomato ketchup with reduced salt. There's ordinary Heinz tomato ketchup. There's Heinz tomato ketchup in a bottle uh, that goes upside down. There's Heinz tomato ketchup in a glass bottle. It goes on and on and on. There are dozens of permutations. Uh, and yet there are supermarkets in the UK that sell more of the ordinary tomato ketchup so these have about five percent market share 
of supermarkets in the UK. They sell more ordinary Heinz tomato ketchup than Tesco, which has about 28% market share. And the reason for that is they only offer one variety of Heinz tomato ketchup and their own brand. So your choice is simple. I either buy the the branded product or the non-branded product. It's an easy decision to make. Um, And so they sell more of the branded product than Tesco, uh, which has got, I think at the last count, 24 different varieties of tomato ketchup to choose from. Yeah, and I I know from my previous life in fast-moving consumer goods and working with the topic of category management is that consumers' perception of choice increases when the number of SKUs, stock-keeping units, decreases. So the customer's perception is there is more choice, not less choice, when in fact there are less products for them to choose, which I think is decision fatigue or, you know, whatever it is, choice paralysis. Yeah, but that's also about their attention. So they're able to pay attention to three different varieties of um, the same brand product name, Lager, for example, in in that sense. Whereas if that brand has got 28 different varieties of its lager, they can't pay attention to the variety. So they Mm. assume there's no variety. So even though the the companies go, well, we've got 28 different products, actually the customer only sees one because they can't pay attention to 28. They can't hold it in their working memory. Whereas if the company's got three different varieties of its lager, they can hold those three in their working memory and therefore they see more things. So there's a ton of anecdotal and data-driven research behind all of this, folks. So, you know, there's, this, is, this is really kind of strong stuff. So I think some of the key principles is less is more. Three's the, three seems to be the magic number for decision-making. One choice is no choice. Two choices is a bit of a dilemma. Three choices, three choices helps. If I recall correctly, Graham, you said your preferred option in the middle is also another, another good best practice. Yeah. And probably go back through all your sales proposals, your presentations, think about your conversations. How can you declutter it? How can you take out unnecessary um, information to really make it as easy as possible for the customer to go ahead and anything in there that could be that could be confusing, you know? And maybe challenge yourself, right? If I only had 60 seconds with a customer, what things must I say, right? And they use something like that artificially to, yeah. to force you to choose your most important, most important points. And then uh, you won't be giving that uh, sort of choice, choice paralysis, as Graham was mentioned. Uh, gentlemen, any, any closing comments? Yes, I'll just repeat my five P words, if I may, because yes. they, they, they do look very good um, on a slide at the start of a presentation. Or they, and they also look very good as five headings in any uh, written proposal, should someone still be going down that route. But the five P's are the position the problem, the possibilities, and that's the bit where we've been talking about limiting it to two or three, followed by the proposal, followed by the payback, what the return what the return on that time and money invested will do. Nice, nice, simple structure. Nice, simple um, 
way of way of looking at it as well and uh, a nice logical flow there so you know rather than starting with a blank sheet of paper and scratching your head follow phil's uh five p's along you've been a you've been a good place for a proposal there mr jones any well i'm trying to think of a sixth p just to follow the <laughs> the thinking and uh the thing i can think of is put it in the middle so the one that you want them to buy put it in the middle of the three all kinds of psychological reasons why people will choose the middle one uh they won't choose the the third thing you tell them because that's the kind of aspirational future thinking thing uh they'll see perceive the middle as the present both online and face-to-face in person put the one you want them to buy in the middle and if i recall as well you've mentioned the best way to remember it is in the olympics when you get your medal the gold medal winner stands in the middle okay of the silver and the bronze so that's if you want to win gold folks have have the the best choice for the customer um that sits sits in the middle and you'll be in a you'll be in a great place so good good so uh there are hundreds of episodes on the sales chat show but to help you with your choice sales chat show episode paralysis we're always featuring the uh the most current and also some of the most popular ones on the main page of our website saleschatshow.com so uh head over there folks and of course all, all the episodes are available from wherever you choose to uh subscribe or get your podcast from your you'll find the sales chat show so gentlemen thank you very much and we just want to wish on behalf of the sales chat show team uh good luck and good selling folks limit that choice increase your sales over and out You have been listening to an episode of The Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And from everyone here at The Sales Chat Show, we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling. <laughs>